podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout as we look ahead to Fantasy Premier League Game Week 21 um, with an eye on the rest of 2024, particularly those potential blank and double game weeks coming up uh, in January. Um, it's a General's Orders Times as Mark, aka the FPL General, reveals his thoughts and plans for the upcoming game week and his orders for the week and FPL managers. My name is Joe. Welcome. Mark, how are you? I'm good, Joe. Big happy new year to you. Hopefully mm. it's uh, a good one for us in, in life and more importantly, FPL, Green Arrows and many league wins and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're both having pretty good seasons, so hopefully yeah. we can push on this year. There's, so there's, good to be back for another video. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, one point separating us after the festive fixtures. Um, so it's quite congested. I think in the in the great and the good league that Greyhead does, there's about eight of us. And there's only about three points separating first place to wherever we are, you know, eighth, seventh or eighth or so. Um, so, yeah, very congested. But I suspect things are going to change because we're going to be without Salah. We're going to be out with Son and we're potentially going to be without Haaland as well, um, who's still in my team. Um, OK, just before we crack on, what we do is we're going to um, I'll just explain what we're going to do. We're going to have a bit of a recap of Mark's wildcard, see how it fared over Christmas. Um, we are also going to uh, have a look at this bus team a bit later. We're going to consider some captain options. We're going to look at Salah and Son replacements. And um, in, in amongst all of that, um, we will uh, discuss sort of what's going to be happening in January fixture wise. And Mark will revealing some of his orders for the week. OK, um, just before all of that as well, uh, just remember, do press that like button, do subscribe and do have a look at fantasyfootballscout.co.uk for offers around the members areas. A lot of the tables we're going to be putting up in this show today uh, will be from them. I just made them. Um, you can make them yourself. It's easy to do. Um, OK, Mark, you wildcarded Game Week 20. How did it go? Do you want to read your team out and your, your, your personal successes and failures, what you think about it? You did well, but... There's always a player or two you think, oh, I could have got, you know. Yeah, so finally played the wild card, forced to play the wild card. It was uh, probably the closest I've ever come to not actually using a wild card because in the end, not too much change was needed. Mm. Probably only made it, you know, four or five around the fringes. So audio listeners, the, the wild card squad ended up as Raya and Goal, Poro was stupid and Trent, Saka, Bowen, Salah, Captain and Palmer. Alvarez, Watkins, Solanke, and then on the bench, Ariola, Garnacho, Gusto, and Bell. So 86 points. One of the main decisions was get rid of Salah altogether or keep him for one more week and then move to a replacement, which we're going to talk a lot about later. So thankfully, I ended up keeping him. I just felt he was one of the best captaincy candidates. I did captain him for 32 points. So that was a big part in the the green arrow. Uh, and as you know, as well as me, Joe, the, you know, the week after a wild card can very often be a red arrow. So it was mm. quite nice. I think I went just up 5K, 70K to 65K. But if you offer me any kind of green arrow mm. in the first week of the wild card, I will always take that. So some of the key decisions were kind of around the last defensive position and the goalkeeper. I was on Gabriel all season. And could have just kept him, but I, I decided to go for David Riot instead. I felt he offered fairly similar to what Gabriel does. And it just opened the door for a more exciting defender then. So that's where Stupinen came in. Uh, it got me a nicely timed first clean sheet of the yeah. season for Stupinen. And he's yeah. been scoring a couple of goals recently as well. So happy to have him because I think a lot of people who don't have him might struggle to get there because they're selling Sal and Son, etc. So that's my differential in defence. Bowen came back in possible injury now so that's something to keep an eye on kept palmer that was never never in doubt and then with the Haaland news the plan was kind of always wildcard 20 get Haaland back in but obviously the injury is a bit longer than we thought it would be so alvarez just stayed got his goal and uh, didn't really want a captain alvarez it was one of those where i've had alvarez for a long time and he's been actually very frustrating to own mm. and that kind of put me off the armband and that kind of played into then Salah staying. So that all worked out quite nicely. Ariola came in as the bench goalkeeper because looking ahead, David Raya can't play Brentford 28 and no. Ariola plays Burnley, I think, that week. And it's always that one as well. If 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 Ramsdale ever forced his way back in, at least I won't be forced to make a goalkeeper yeah. transfer. And the the big thing, I guess, on the wild card was spending as little as possible on the fringe position. So, you know, Bell, Gusto, Garnacho cheap second goalkeeper because i know it's going to be tricky later to get expensive guys yeah. back so that's that's where we ended up yeah um yeah i mean looking at this i mean i think um i mean 
there's uh, the, obviously keeping Salah, captaining Salah. I think that was the key thing for this game. With the key success of this wild card, probably wasn't the wild card itself. It was just get get the armband on Salah. Um, that was a big difference, a huge point. You know, thirty two point return there. Um, I think what I quite like is Garnacho there. Garnacho is a player I got in myself and fielded. Um, obviously, my my team's not wild carded. Many others aren't. Um, so it's a bit weaker. So I I'm, I had to field him. So I, I had to endure his four points. But uh, it was nice. It was nice to get four points from him. Um, and and, it, and and the other good thing about this wild card is is it's got bench points on it. So Ariola's got eleven points. And although that may look frustrating, I look at that and think that's quite good. You've got you've got a good player in that's not going to go down in price. He's gonna you can field him. You can. You know, it's a, a great deputy for Raya there. Um, arguably, he's even better than Raya in FPL terms. At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Garnacho, great. I think he's... The, so if you're going 3-4-3 three, three and want a really good first sub, or in my case, going 3-4-3 three, three and just need to field a, a guy, um, Garnacho is, is, I think, probably a top there. Elanga and Nottingham Forest I like as well, but it's just those fixtures. They're bottom of the fixture ticker, 21 to 27. According to Fantasy Football Scout season ticker, um, where whereas in in contrast Manchester United are, are pretty good. They got Tottenham up next, then Wolves and West Ham, Villa, Luton, Fulham up to twenty six, then City in twenty seven. So there's a lot a lot of potential for returns from Garnacho there. Uh, I mean, it was interesting you mentioned you mentioned Alanga there as well. I was I was kind of pretty set. It was either you know Garnacho mm-hmm. in a three four three, or it was going to be a, like mm-hmm. a Chris Wood or a or an Archer. In a three-five-two, and it, I was on pretty set in Garnacho all the way through the wild card week, and then you know at the twenty-third hour or the eleventh hour, my, a friend of mine just sent me a text. He said, "Get get looking at Alanga. I know you're you're looking at yeah. Garnacho, but uh, he kind of planted the seed, and I did have yeah. a look, yeah. and it was pretty close between those two. And then yeah. it just came down to save the zero point three. I might need it later because my team value is pretty mm. pretty poor given that a wild card is so late. So um, just came down to money, and you know I do rate Alanga and Garnacho quite quite equally. So yeah, uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of cheap options out there. Yeah, I mean, also, um, I mean, stupid Anna is a Brighton fan, but also seeing so he came come back within minutes, he scored. Then he got the clean sheet. The first clean sheet. You've actually got a Brighton clean sheet in your team, which is a first this season. And then in the in the FA Cup against Stoke, he unleashes yet another power goal. <laughs> Incredible goal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just underlying what he's got, even if they don't get a clean sheet. You know, he has got goals in him. He's got assists in him as well. Um, yeah, he's he, he's the he, he should be temp- he's the player we want in our teams, I think. Um, so yeah, good game. It was there. too hard. It was too hard to resist. Uh, yeah. the, the stars aligned. You know, the injury yeah, yeah. cleared up. Mm-hmm. He gets the goal. He, he goes to the camera. He says, "Pervis is back." And and I, I couldn't get that out of my head when I was building the wild card squad. I yeah. it kept I kept seeing it. Pervis is back, yeah. and he he just forced himself into the squad. Yeah. And uh, could be the first and last clean sheet of the season, but you know, can tell the grandkids that I I got I the it. only Brighton clean sheet in in twenty twenty four. It's true. Brighton have a good team for that. I got Ferguson's hat trick in earlier in the season and I will be telling the grandkids about that. Uh, I tell my kids about that. I don't care though. Um, I tell the dog about it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, in, my, in, in my team, uh, Alfie Doughty is my version of a Stupanan. Um, and the reason I mentioned him is not because uh, say I've got Alfie Doughty in, it's to say because he's from Luton. And it's probably worth having a look at the season ticker because to assess how you think You've done your wild card in terms of what's happening coming up um, in the next few weeks because okay, I'll put the season ticker up because Luton are key because they have a game to be rescheduled against Bournemouth. Also, Luton are key because they play Liverpool in game week twenty six, and Liverpool should be getting through to the League Cup final. Um, so that would. Um, well, potentially get through to the League Cup final. So that would mean that their game is cancelled, but that could be another double. So chances are Luton are going to get a double at some point very soon. Meanwhile, Man City, um, they've still got their game with Brentford to rearrange. Um, <clears throat> Chelsea could get through to the League Cup final and could play. Um, um, so their game with 26 match with Tottenham <clears throat> could be cancelled. So that... Is another issue there, so they could there could be a blank game week there for those two teams in twenty six. I'll put the season ticker up so people can see those fixtures there. Um, and as, as I've described for the for the podcast listeners, 
Um, you've got a number of teams with potential blanks in 26. And there are still a number of teams that could potentially double in game week 25. Apologies if people can hear a sneeze or a cough-like sound. It's my dog in the background. He's making an odd noise. Um, so, yeah, Mark, in terms of your wildcard team, your team going forward, how do you think you're set up? Yeah, I think given it's just a recent wildcard and it's kind of a, a, a strong 15, you know, 15 players at play, that I should be able to navigate whatever comes. And there's obviously still a bit of uncertainty we don't know exactly what the landscape is going to look like in terms of when the doubles will fall and stuff. So when I was building the wild cards, I didn't factor in too much what the blanks might look like. It was more about just very simply which teams have an extra fixture. So that's why Bale came in, for example, as the 3.9. I actually was looking at Alfie Doughty in the Stupinen position. Mm-hmm. He was he was pretty close to making it. Um, you know, extra fixture, good underlying numbers, passes the ITS, all, all that kind of stuff. Ticks all the boxes as a cheap FPL defender. Uh, and then Solanke, for example, Bournemouth had the extra fixture as well. You know, I did consider Neto as a goalkeeper, but yeah, I did end up just going for a for a better team uh, with, with a better goalkeeper. So, yeah, that obviously was a another reason to keep Solanke for a for a possible extra fixture as well. And there was there was a wildcard draft where it was the all-in on Manchester City where I would have went Foden instead of Salah mm-hmm. and maybe an Ederson or a Kyle Walker. Um, but I just I skipped the Walker-Ederson one because... I might want to go Foden, Alvarez, and Haaland if they have a double. Uh, yeah. I'm not, you know, set on going Alvarez to Haaland. It could be Watkins or Solanke out for that okay. move, and, and Foden's obviously a possible Salah replacement. So I wanted to keep the door open for the attack and triple up uh, down the line. So that's why that's why I only ended up with Alvarez on the on the wild card. But it's, I mean, it certainly throws up some options around if there is a double gaming for Luton. Say, you know, cheap players like say Barkley or Townsend. You know, good for a week. Um, these players, you know, could do well in a double game week. You won't, and then you can easily move move them on as well. Obviously, we've got Salah away at the moment with uh, Afcon commitments. Uh, should be back twenty five, but might not be, or might be back within game week twenty five, which is annoying. Which means he wouldn't have a double game week if Liverpool have a double game week then, and then they have a blank in twenty six. You probably haven't thought about it yet, but. This does bring into the equation. Sorry, my dog is really whining in the background. Um, the um, that probably hasn't brought into. You probably haven't thought about blanks and f- in terms of free hit and using your chips. But have, have you got any early thoughts around that? If if there are doubles in twenty five and blanks in twenty six. Not really, to be honest. I, I just when when we don't have the information yet, I just don't really give it too much mental space. You know, we're recording mm-hmm. on Monday and there's a, an FA Cup draw this evening. Yep. We'll obviously have a better picture then of what might happen. So only then when when I get the, the famous Ben Krellen graphic of percentages yeah. and what might happen, that's when I'll start to have some early thoughts okay. about it. But it's just a matter of you keep all the chips in the back pocket. Um I've just wildcarded so the squad's healthy, so yeah. I think whatever happens, I should I should be able to navigate it quite easily. But even you know when when you talk about Liverpool's fixtures, there there could be blanks, doubles, etc. You know we might not even necessarily need to rush Salah back in. So um, that's another reason why I think it's easy enough to lose him now if you if you yeah. still have him. Okay, I mean it's worth having a look at some Salah some replacements now. But looking, I mean looking at your team, I'm presuming you're going to look to remove Salah, and I know this might could could be one of your first orders of the week um, about um, team value and sort of making sure that you can get as much as you want in the 11. Is that, is that that's one of your orders? Yeah. So order number one this week is, uh, and I suppose it goes for the next couple of weeks, is get your, get your money on the pitch. You know, the budget we have, get as much of it in your starting 11 because you know, those who have Salah and Son and maybe mm-hmm. a couple of other guys that are away might be tempted to maybe bench one or two of them. But I think when it is going to be three or four game weeks, possibly, I think they're too expensive to carry, especially Salah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way I think of it is, you know, when you go into a game week, you know, if I go into a game week against you, Joe, and if you don't have Salah or Son, you know, your starting 11 is worth a lot more than mine if I'm carrying one of them on the bench. So I, I always... I feel like I'm up against you already mm. before a ball's even been kicked. So I think given that it's going to be a couple of weeks, given that there's a lot of other good options out there mm. and we do have free transfer, we can always get players back. Uh, and even if it means a hit down the line, yeah. it's not a big issue for a player like a son or a Salah. So yeah, order number one is get your money on the pitch. So basically what that means is sell Salah and son. I think okay. if you have them, maybe one this week 
and one next week if, if you want to do it for free transfers if, if you don't have two free available yeah i mean like you i've only got one free transfer next so that's probably my plan is one of salas on this week the, the other one next week um um i've got some i've got a table i've done best salad and summer place and this feature did a video i did over the weekend um or uh, just on exactly it's just dedicated to salon song replacement so do have a look at that video it's still on the youtube channel game game week 21 and or listen to the podcast version um, and so i talk about this in more detail and some of my thoughts for my team as well what i'm thinking um but there's a nice list here richarlison is top um but I'm going to mention the second guy next. <laughs> so I've sorted this by minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty, last six matches. Last six matches they have played. That's key. Not last six game weeks. Um, you've got another order around Kevin De Bruyne, haven't you? So Kevin De Bruyne is second placed on here just from his one start. So very low. But are you or are you not interested in De Bruyne? Almost, almost zero interest because... Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, such a long injury. He's definitely going to be eased back in. He's not, he's not someone you can rely on for starts week in, week out at this point in the season. So order number two this week is quite simply avoid Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. A, a lot of people will be tempted when you're selling Salah or Son, you've got loads of money. De Bruyne is 10.2, Manchester City, possible double game week soon. But I just think, I, I don't think we can go there because of the minutes. Maybe... Maybe if your season is kind of not going the way that you'd want it to be and you don't have much to lose, you could take it take a punt there. But I think until he really proves himself fitness-wise and we see significant 70, 80, 90-minute appearances, we we just don't have the full picture on yeah. where he is. And he could be he still could be quite a while away from being able to play a full game. So again, given this table of options, there's loads of good midfielders in FPL this season. I, I think it's safest to avoid Kevin De Bruyne for okay. for the time being. Okay, top of the top of this list is Richarlison. Is he in your thoughts? I mean, is he like top choice even um, to replace um, Salah in your team uh, with minutes per expected goal involvement, non penalty every one hundred and two minutes, five goals in his last five starts, and so last six matches because he was uh, a sub in one of them. Uh, fixture difficulty the next seven is ninth, so uh, he's in the top ten amongst teams is Richarlison sort of top or in consideration in consideration but certainly not the top choice he's probably not even in my my top two or three it's I think the thing about my style of management I watch a lot of games a lot of it comes down to eye test uh obviously there's a lot to like in the numbers here in this table he's sitting top for is it XGI non-penalty over yeah. the last six. Yeah. So there's, and you know, his price is good. He's out of position. He's actually getting the goals as well. So there's a lot to like, but I find it very hard to go there FPL-wise. And again, probably because I've been there a few times before, maybe I need to try and shake that off. Um, there's no doubt he's a very good FPL option, I think, while Hyungman's son is away. But when I look elsewhere, you know, we've seen it recently as well, maybe not in the last game or two, but before that, Richardson can be a 60, 70 minute man as well, more so than a 90 minute man. Yeah. And I will always kind of lean towards the, the 90 minute guys, Um, you know, a player like an Odegaard or a Pascal yeah. Gross, those guys jump to mind mm. more so. So I, I'm not as high on Richardson as other people are, mm. but I do expect him to stay in the team. I expect him to remain out of position while Son's away, uh, which means even if he puts in a, mm. a one out of 10, performance in terms of the eye test you know he's going to be in positions where he's going to get good chances so uh, a good option but i don't think he'll be my salary replacement no I mean, there was uh, um i was having a lot of chat with people like um uh, late riser um and also like um um uh, fancy football scouts uh anorak he used to do the um sort of look at the suspension tightrope there uh for fancy football scout but he's a spurs fan as well and so there's a couple of issues with Richarlison that puts me off. One is I quite like players that I enjoy owning, like Porro, um, obviously Salah, people who, that just do the job. They're not offside all the time. They're not missing shots like Darwin Nunes is. And I, 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 the times I've owned Richarlison before, I haven't really enjoyed it. And FPL's a game. <laughs> I don't really enjoy <laughs> having Richarlison in my, ta- my team. I'm not, I haven't ruled him out. Um, but I mean, they were obviously saying he's, he's marvellous. Um, but also the other thing is, is Werner is on the cusp of signing um, with Spurs. 
And he'll probably, I suppose, while Son is away, replace him on the left and could arguably, you know, enhance Richarlison's performance. But I haven't had an easy relationship with Werner either. He's not a fun player to own when he was at Chelsea. Um, a lot of question marks, basically. And so I, that's what's sort of putting me off. I don't know whether those issues put you off as well. Absolutely, yeah. Timo Werner, you know, I don't think he'll impact Richarlison's minutes in the first no, couple no. of weeks, but it muddies the waters when Son is back. Mm. And I always, when I buy a player in FPL, when I bring a new player into my team, I always, I like to have the viewpoint of that I might keep that player all season. You know, ideally, they come in, they do well, and I don't need to sell them, and I can use my transfers elsewhere. I feel like if I bring in Richarlison, it's very likely to be a transfer out again at some point. Whereas if I go for a, a more of a steady eddy, where I don't have any concerns over minutes, um, then they might stay long term. And it doesn't have to be the rest of the season, it, you know, until the second wild card, whenever that is. So for that reason, Richardson again okay. doesn't tick enough boxes for me. He obviously ticks a lot of boxes, again, looking at this table and he is under consideration, but again, I don't. I just don't think he's going to make the cut for the for the reasons mentioned. Okay. Um, next on the list is Saka and Palmer. Now, I'm not going to dwell on them too much here because they're already in your team, so they won't be replacements. So you've already got them. So you clearly rate them. They're on your wild cards. Um, both returned in game week twenty. Um, probably when we come to talk about the captaincy, I suspect those two will be key figures there. Um, but just for the benefit of those listening, um, they, their minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty, every 127 minutes there. Uh, Palmer's had 43 FPL points in his last six matches he's played. He's only 5.6. Um, so they're in your team. In terms of replacements, though, next name on the list, Jota. Um, he's minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty, every 129 minutes. Um, when Liverpool played Arsenal in the cup at the weekends, um, Jota coming on, uh, Nunes moving to moving to the uh, I can't remember which flank he moved to. Whichever was, it was much more effective. I think him and Diaz switched, and Jota was more central. Um, and when he came on, and it just Jota just seemed to unlock things. It just seemed he just seemed to be the best player. Um, are you interested in Jota or is, is the lack of starts putting you off? Jota uh, falls into the same category as Richardson for me. Um, mm. Doesn't suit the way I play the game. I, I'm all about minutes mm. and not having to sweat over team sheets. And the Arsenal, I know it was a cup game, but it's just a reminder that Jota doesn't necessarily, won't necessarily be in every Liverpool starting 11. He doesn't need to be because no. Klopp has lots of options. So again, I just don't overthink it. If, if, I, if I've got doubts straight away, I'm just not going to go there. Okay. Um, could be a very explosive differential for people, okay. but yeah, I'm, I'm looking to. I'm looking for more minutes. Yeah, I'm looking at game week 25 double if that happens. So I, if that happens, I probably would take a risk on Jota then. Um, but yeah, I, same with you. It's the minutes risk, but I, I do think he'll get more starts. I mean, he's obviously they're obviously better with him rather than without him while Salah's away. Um, but um, next on this is Pascal Gross. Um, Brighton are currently away, sunning themselves somewhere in the Middle East. And um, Gross has had 32 FPL points, quietly going about his business of getting three assists in his last six matches and a goal. So four attacking returns for 6.4 million. He is the mainstay in their team, has been for a number of years, top chance creator in the Bundesliga before he came to Brighton. You know, he's still on set pieces. Um, he's definitely in my thoughts and he plays Wolves next who he of course um, personally he hammered last time they played them at the Amex um, Gross is he considering? Yeah more so in my thoughts than he has been at any point in this season um, obviously Salah and Son free up a few midfield spots mm. so you're probably looking a little you're cashing it a little bit wider than you usually yeah. would and Again, a player, Pascal Gross, you don't really need to worry too much about his minutes. He's very safe, lots of routes to points. And, and it's the fixtures as well. You know, I brought in a Stupin in for the fixtures. So that means Pascal Gross should definitely be in my thoughts when I'm looking to sell Salah. It's just, it's one of those where it's not very exciting. It's not a, it's not a, it's not something you're going to get out of your seat for on a Saturday afternoon if you've got Pascal Gross in your FPL team. But I kind of put him in a similar bracket to a player not on the list here, Douglas Louise at Aston Villa. Okay. You know, they're, They've got lots of routes to points. They're very, very good FPL picks in their own right. Mm. But I always ask myself, are they in the top four or five 
FPL midfielders and they 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 rarely are in my mind because yeah. you've got more exciting guys and just going back to Saka and Palmer mm. as well they're both yeah. in my team but just for people watching or listening if you don't if you don't have Saka and Palmer and if you're losing Salah or Son I think that's the first place you go you get okay. you get whichever one of those you don't yeah. have um just to, just to get that out there but yeah Pascal Gross mm. 6.4 but again the thing is you look at his price as well and we probably shouldn't do this but when he's only 6.4 and when you're selling a 13 million asset, you feel like, do you know what? Maybe I can get myself an eight or a nine million asset. Not necessarily going to get me more points, but I think we naturally do that as FPL managers. So again, I really like Rogues as an option. He's a, he's in the, he's in consideration, but again, probably not going to make it. Um, yeah, I mean, going with with price though. I mean, I always think, how much would I pay for them now? How much do I think they're worth? Um, and Gross, yeah, he's six point four with thirty two points. Um, um, but the 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 two that are, you know, far and away the, the biggest points getters in this list is Richarlison and Palmer. Richarlison's only 0.5 more and Palmer's um, about a million less, <laughs> 0.8 less. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I do think, I mean, I would put Gross in my head as an 8 million mid, midfielder. Palmer, 8.5, 9 million even. Um, Saka, probably about right. Um, and Richarlison should be, he's a forwards and... So he should be an eight point five as well. Eight. So that's that's how I think. I, I sort of mentally that's how I look at them in terms of who I would bench and things like that. Um Garnacho's next on this. We've spoken about Garnacho, he's in your team. Top first sub, <clears throat> in my case, top fourth mid. <laughs> um uh, Odegaard is next. You have Saka in your team. I don't know whether you saw the Arsenal Liverpool game. It's a good indication of um I mean Arsenal were mostly the better side for the first half but they Havertz was awful as an attacker um and their alternative is in Aketia and Jesus so they they need a perhaps an Ivan Tony um so the rest of the team was okay Martinelli looked good when he was on Sacco looked okay Odegaard looked great um Odegaard's next on the list would you double up with Sacco and Odegaard yeah I'm very interested in Odegaard he's 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 in my top two of possible salary replacements. So when I when I put the wild card together, I knew I'd be selling Salah this week. Okay. And it was was Odegaard and Phil Foden were the were the two most likely replacements. So when it comes to Saka, already mm. have him. Um and his ownership's already extremely high. Mm. And people selling Son and Salah, one of the first places they'll go is Saka if they don't yep. already have him. So it feels like in many leagues, in overall rank, you don't gain much from Saka, whether he whether he blanks or whether he, he gets a hat trick. So I, I always like the idea of getting another piece of the attack mm. in that case. If I'm back in Salah mm. or sorry, Saka and Arsenal to do well anyway in attack, then get another one. Um just to double down. Uh so Odegaard for that reason, and he ticks the boxes that mm. some of the others don't. 90 minutes, captain, never need to worry about him, always gonna play, always looks good. Probably should have a lot more FPL points this season than he than he has. Mm. You know, he hasn't really converted his mm. his good performances into FPL points, but that can that can definitely come. Uh, and again, you go back to owning players that you enjoy watching or you enjoy owning, and and Odegaard's just such a joy to watch as a as a footballer, and it's good to have him in the Premier League, and just something feels nice and cozy about buying him and owning him in FPL as well. So Odegaard's right up there. Uh, I was looking at some underlying numbers from the December period as well. And he came out quite well. You know, he came out quite well in, in a lot of metrics, even better than Foden. But we know Foden's never going to absolutely smash the stats tables. He's very much, uh, he, you know, he scores brilliant goals and, and, and does things from difficult angles and all that kind of stuff. And 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 Foden probably passes the eye test more so than, than Odegaard does. So it's mm-hmm. it's an extremely close call. Yeah. Um, I would say it's a 50-50 call at the moment for me between okay. Odegaard and, and Foden. Okay, so uh, just for the benefit of those listening on the podcast, can't see these figures up here, which, as I said, I'm discussing much more detail on the um, Salah and Son replacements video on the YouTube channel. Um, but the key thing is he's expected a goal involvement delta, which is basically if it's minus, he's underperforming. And so he should have get, got above, above his the two assists he's got over his last six matches. He should have got um, at least one, maybe two more attacking returns there. And fixture difficulty next seven for Arsenal is their fifth. So they've got great fixtures as well. And as I said, from my eye test, watching the Liverpool-Arsenal uh, FA Cup 
uh, tie over the weekend. Odegaard was was amazing. There was a, a, a particular shot where he hit the bar, crossbar, and um, yeah, he looked great. He looked on the cusp of a massive haul there. If only they had a striker for him to provide to. Um, next on this is Sterling. Um, it's probably not in your thoughts because of minutes, I would imagine. Yeah, minutes. I think he's an easy one to rule out. If you if you own Palmer already, you're not going to double up with Sterling. Yeah. Uh, looking at that fixture rating as well, 19th. So, you know, fixtures don't look great for, for Chelsea either. So Palmer's my only. I've got Gusto as well, yeah. but I'm, I'm not interested in a third Chelsea player. Uh, Martinelli's next on the list with a minutes per expected goal involvement. Non-penalty every 169 minutes. Uh, he came on as a sub in the um, FA Cup game. Um, he, he's got... <laughs> He's one of those players with sort of one trick, but it's a great one. And he keeps doing it and no one seems to stop him. Where he he cuts down right down to the the byline, almost next to the goal, just to the left of the goal, and then cuts back in and does either a shot or an an amazing uh, pass that ends up being a goal. Um, And he was doing that all the time. It didn't actually work out for him in that particular game. But he did. He did get those. He, he kept doing it, and no one was stopping him. But a bit like Matoma does sometimes as well, um, and Trossard can do that as well. But yeah, I looked at that, and it's the same thing. Minutes and it? it's minutes. And do you want to double up on the Arsenal attack? Um, yeah, easy avoid because yeah. it's. Uh, you know, I, I keep a close eye in the minutes for yeah. the for the fifty ninth minute podcast, and he's always very very close each week. It's he's very much this season between sixty and yeah. seventy a lot. So. He's, he's, he's been having a very disappointing season. We know he's an extremely yeah. good player. Very good in FPL last year. But um, hopefully he's back to that soon and, you know, throws his hat into the mix. But for now, minutes, Odegaard for me is uh, is above Martinelli. Okay. Uh, Bowen's next on the list. 100 minutes per expected goal involvement. Non-penalty of 170 minutes. Um, when he scored his goal, um, Paqueta was in the team and assisted him. Um, even before that, Bowen was probably my top choice to replace Salah because I've always, every time I've owned Bowen, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> He's great. If you if you see West Ham has scored, you're away from the Z, you look there, you think, ah, Bowen, it'll be goal or an assist. He's always involved. Then Paqueta went off injured. Then he did nothing for the rest of the game. Then I remembered how he did nothing in the Brighton game. And then he got injured. And now this morning, Moyes has come out and said the fatal words, wait and see i'm i'm gonna wait and see and how Moyes can wait and see for up to six months so or a week <laughs> so i've got no idea whether bowen's gonna be fit for 21 and he's in your team already um so i might as well mention him what what were you what would you do if bowen i suppose garnacho is your your first sub isn't he that's what he's there for yeah that's the beauty of the the wild card recently, it's not marvelous Nakamba anymore. I don't need to rely on it's uh, someone like Garnacho. So yeah, if if there was a if we got news that Bowen was going to miss out, I would probably just stick to the plan: sell Salah, mm. get get my Salah replacement, and then if it's long term, you know, deal with Bowen later. But mm. you know, looking at it and by the sounds of it, I'm hopeful that he that he might be okay. We we probably will go in blind. We probably won't get a press yeah. conference from Moyes. So uh, I've just got to hope for the best and, and you know, hopefully most people have a decent sub if if required. But I don't, on current information, I don't think he's a sale because if he does play, good fixture. So you, you keep and you hope for the best. And the, the next two on the list, the final two is, uh, I'll lump them together, Grealish and Foden. Very similar minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty. Um, obviously their, their fixtures are, it's Man City, so fixtures are relevant, but they're eighth in the fixture ticker uh, over the next seven game weeks. Um You've already said you've already you know said that Foden is between Foden and Odegaard for you. So Grealish is probably not in the reckoning, I would imagine. Um, I'm going to say now because of the Bowen news and the uncertainty there. Um, my my choice, I have a similar choice of two. Your case is Odegaard, Foden. In my case is Gross and Foden, and I think Foden might get it, especially with the potential double game week coming up. And various other things, I think that even with De Bruyne back, Foden will play. I just think Foden is liked at the moment. And when Pep likes Foden, he plays him all the time, never drops him. And then as soon as he doesn't like him, he's done something naughty, he never plays him. (laughs) At the moment, I think Foden must surely get it for me. Um, But yeah, Foden, I mean, you mentioned Odegaard. Foden's your next top choice to play Salah. 
Yeah, I think Grealish is an easy one to strike out as well because Doku's fit again and obviously play the same position. Uh, Grealish is, is having a quiet season, like Martinelli as well. So Foden versus Odegaard, I am going to probably struggle with this for the rest of the week. But mm. I keep going between the two. I think before Game Week 20 happened, I was very much leaning Odegaard. Mm. But then Foden just put in another incredible performance. Yeah. I think he scored twice in the Cup as well. Yep. And I remember back to early in the season, um, Pep said something about Alvarez. Basically, he said he's he's undroppable at the moment. And I feel like if Pep was asked about Foden, mm. he'd probably say something similar, the way he's playing, or at least that's what we would expect him to say. Of course, we never know what's going on inside that, that head of Pep's. But Foden is playing as well as he ever has done. He's playing centrally. He's, he's saying himself about how much he's enjoying that, talking about scoring more goals, more assists, and all that kind of stuff. So... I think I think the sensible choice is probably Foden here, even though the the back of my mind and all of my previous years of FPL say, oh, be careful, there's minutes, there's De Bruyne. Mm. But I said earlier, one of the rules is avoid De Bruyne. Yeah. So if that's one of my rules, that's, that's saying Foden's absolutely fine for the long term. Mm. Um, and we have transfers to yeah. sell him if mm. it becomes an issue. So Foden, to me, throw in the possible double game week, Maybe he will fight off Odegaard for mm. for that Salah replacement. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, just sensible. It's that double game week that gets that that, that I'm thinking about. This is a rare season. Man City usually get to the League Cup final, um, so that we I'm used to Man City blanking in 26, whenever it is, um, and suddenly they're not. They're available. Um, I mean, and and looking at I mean, looking at the fixtures, not only in 25 could they have a double game week. Um, but Man City in 26, way to Bournemouth, great fixture. So 25, they could have a double with Chelsea and Brentford, which is another, you know, a, a solid set of fixtures for them. Um, yeah, that's that that's that's what's persuading me at the moment. I think um, just that sort of long term, longer term planning. Um, See, before we move away from these midfielders, Joe, just a question to you because I'm sure a lot of viewers <clears throat> have the same scenario. If you own Salah and Son. <clears throat> You know, which one do you sell or doesn't matter that much? Which one do you sell first, that is? It, it all depends on the rest of your team because Haaland is potentially back in 21. Likely he'll start in 22 and he'll get minutes in 21, if at all. That's the likelihood. So you, essentially, if you've got Haaland, don't have to worry about it. If you haven't got Haaland, you need to work out how you're going to get to him. So in which case... Selling Salah would make sense because you can get a better midfielder. Um, it all depends. If you've already got most of the more expensive names we've already mentioned, you might want to go down to get a Garnacho, in which case you might better use Son. But I suppose the, the essence is the money. And so in my case, I don't have Alexander-Arnold. Um, and I don't really have a space for him at the moment. But by selling Salah, it gives me the option to get Alexander-Arnold. If I sell Son to Foden, I, don't, I can't get Alexander-Arnold the following week. But the next week, 22, I could do if I go for sell Salah because I'll end up with something like 10 million in the bank. <laughs> uh, and that, so that's the, that's the very long way of saying it's all about the money and it's all about yeah. who, who else you want to get. It's not the midfielder you want to get, it's who else you want to get elsewhere in your team and how expensive are they. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. I think I'd be I'd be very similar. It all revolves around your your Haaland plans yeah. and and maybe some of the guys like yeah. you mentioned. If you don't have a Trent or yeah, yeah. you don't have a Saka, it's it's all dictated by the by the budget. But but I, but I will also say, as someone who has held ha Haaland all this time, he's been sitting on my bench all this time, and you you or I are one point difference. We are both within three points of all of the, the leaders of the great and the good league that we mentioned, you know, Mark Southerns and people like that. And lots have got rid of Haaland yourself. I've kept him. So if you kept Salah all this time and wait for him to come back in 25, you, you might actually do okay because there's a lot of cheap players. If you haven't got Palmer, you can easily have Palmer. You don't need to, you don't need the money as such. Garnacho and Palmer field them every week they could end up being the top scorers over this spell so um yeah it's not cut and dry but i think in my case i think i've, I've done paid my dues in having an expensive bench with harland on it i don't, I don't want to go through it all again um uh okay let's have a look at <coughs> captains as well 
Um, so we'll look at your bus team in a sec, but we'll look at the best captains. I've got the fixtures up on the screen for game week 21. And a, a reminder to everyone, Burnley Luton's game was to be on Monday, I think. But it's been moved forward because Luton have to play an FA Cup replay midweek. So that's now on Friday. Burnley v Luton is on Friday. So deadline is earlier. Do you remember that? I've also got on the screen the best captains over the last six matches. And that's not just midfielders. That's now forwards and midfielders. So lots and lots of forwards on that list. So we can draw on that. But um, just immediately, this might lead into your next order around the captaincy because it's a split game week, isn't it? And that's a bit different. Yeah, order number three this week is have your captain and vice captain in different weekends in this game week. So the usual rule we apply the captains is don't have your captain and vice captain in the same game, just in case that game gets called off and then you don't have a have a captain for the weekend. Given that it's quite a unique one this this game week, the I think it just makes sense to have a captain and a vice captain in different weekends because I remember very clearly last season I wildcarded into the week where the queen passed away mm. so you know things can happen unforeseen things can happen and we can lose a whole game week or a whole weekend of fixtures so let's say something happens and we lose the second chunk of fixtures mm. you don't want your captain and vice captain in that same weekend so i think it's just a, a pretty straightforward one um you still you still pick who you think is the best captain whether that's the first weekend or the second weekend i don't think you need to captain a player from the first weekend for fear of something you know happening midweek or whatever but i think it does make sense just to have a captain and a vice um yeah. over the over the two weekends yeah um so i mean looking at the fixtures um uh in terms of captaincy palmer's palmer's at home uh palmer's chelsea are at home to fulham um you've got man city harlan could be back obviously harlan would be a good choice foden as well could be um newcastle haven't been great defensively um, Ollie Watkins against Everton. Everton's forms dropped off slightly. Watkins ticking along with his assists. Um, Spurs, Richarlison against Manchester United. Um, Saka at home to Palace. Um, Liv there's Liverpool options against Bournemouth. And indeed Solanke against Liverpool. And then Pascal Gross against Wolves is an option. Ivan Tony is going to be returning. He has been, you know, training away. He scored... Uh, a hat trick, I think it was, or a brace in a closed door behind doors game um, against Nottingham Forest. What I'm getting at is there's lots of options there, and I've got their stats which we can draw on as well on the screen. But who's your who who's it between at the moment for you? Who do you think who do you think is actually the best captain? They might not be in your side. Captaincy very tricky this week. Um, I think I'm between Palmer at home to Fulham or Saka at home to Crystal Palace. They're my kind of captains, no minute concerns, penalty takers, although we don't know if Sack would actually take it or he'd be generous. Uh, off the back of an 18-pointer, you know, it's very tempting to go for Cole Palmer and, and I do really like the Fulham fixture. Do I trust Chelsea? That's the, that's the issue though. Again, you could say the same about Arsenal at the moment. They're not scoring too many goals. So the, the, best, the best captain could be Haaland if we get news. If there was a team leak on Friday, which is unlikely, we were more likely to get it when the deadline was Saturday. But now that the deadline's Friday, it's it's less likely. But if there was a leak that said Haaland starts against Newcastle, then maybe I would rip up my plans mm. and maybe I would take a minus four. If if I decided that he was the best captain for the weekend, I would probably, you know, lose Salah and a forward and a minus four to captain Haaland. But that is unlikely to happen. Yeah. Um so it's gonna be, I think, Palmer versus Saka for me. I do think I do think Ivan Tony's one of the best captains this week. Yeah. Uh, I think he starts. Mm. I like the fixture. When I was wildcarding, um, you know, I was listening to a lot of uh, content and I was I always keep an eye on what the analytics crowd are doing. And I think a lot of them went for Tony on their benches, mm. um, which raised my eyebrows. But then when you look at this this week, they've got a, a differential forward, possibly a very strong differential captain. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any of them go that far and play, place the armband on them. I know if I had him, I'd be very tempted because mm. when in FPL do you get a captain with a good fixture who takes penalties, yeah. who very few people will own. Uh, people are making midfield transfers, so they're not going to buy Ivan Tony this week. So I do. I think he's right up there. I'd yeah. put him in the top three, possibly for captains this week. Um, yeah, but for me, it'll be Saka or Palmer, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in agreement. Um, it'd be, that was no surprise. We're very close to the rankings. We have quite similar management style. Um, it, between Saka and Palmer for me, currently I've got the captaincy on Saka. 
Um, I have the vice captaincy on Palmer. That will probably keep changing. If I was, if Bowen was, if I had more security over Bowen, I would give Bowen a go um, away to West uh, Sheffield United. He's got a good away record, um, even though they're m- missing a bit of creativity there. And of course, Sheffield United, whilst they are better under Wilder, are a promoted side. But yeah, I think Saka and Palmer, that security, the penalties, that split as well so one plays the first weekend one plays the next weekend if anything happens snow i believe it is snowing in parts of the country at the moment so um that that could completely decimate the fixtures um i like all of that as well um harlan's in my side and like i mean same principle though if i get a whiff that he's going to start then he's my captain because looking at the last six matches, minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty, every 85 minutes, he has got an expected goal involvement. Um, Darwin Nunes, incidentally, is second in that with 87 minutes. And this is where I don't know. Someone was on Twitter was we're talking about, you know, is expected goal involvement, is expected, are expected stats worth their salt when you look at someone like Darwin Nunes? Because his, his XGI is so high, but when I watch him play... He's just always missing, or he just he's just not quite the striker you want. He, it, it, the expected stats don't seem to recognise that he's just not of a quality. I don't think, um, but I could be wrong there. I mean, Darwin Nunes he's not on your side at the moment, but for those that have him, is he a consideration away to Bournemouth? I think I'd just be. I'm go- I'm going to say happy to own him. I don't think I'd be happy to own him at the moment the way he's playing. But if I owned him. That's enough. I think yeah. you don't. I wouldn't go all the way to yeah. to give him the armband. And again, I like penalty takers for for captaincy. Uh, although Salah did make me sweat in the last game week after after the miss. But yeah, it comes. It, it's everything goes back to Palmer or Saka for me when when you look at the other yeah. options. It's funny too. We we often say um, you know don't back don't back the early kickoff for your captaincy. We've Palmer and and uh, Saka both have the early Saturday kickoff, so it's it's a case of which early kickoff do you back as opposed to don't back the early kickoff. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, luckily it's not the first game because Burnley Luton's moved to Friday. Um, but also, I do remember in the past captaining Van Persie or um, Salah, whoever, um, in the the twelve thirty on Saturday, and they've obviously come good if they're a good player and they've got a good fixture, they'll do well. Um, here's some the, some other names here, just to I'll just reel them off and see if any. Tickle your fancy here for uh, this Richarlison. Uh, this Calvert Lewin at Everton um, against Villa. Um, De Bruyne. Um, we've already you've already spoken about him. Chris Wood at Nottingham Forest against Brentford. Uh, Alvarez at City. Solanke at Bournemouth. And Jota uh, at Liverpool. And these are all in terms of minutes per expected goal involvement, non penalty. Uh, these are they're sort of ranked there. Um, yeah, you got your heart set on either Sack or Palmer, probably. But any of those other names I've mentioned in consideration? I think the only other ones that jump out, um, you know, I don't own Richarlison, but I think those who do own him, if you own him or you buy him this week, you're backing him to do well. Mm. So I don't mind him as an outside mm. captaincy shout. I know it's Manchester United away, but that's that's an okay fixture nowadays. And if if it looks like Haaland is going to miss out again, mm. again, you know, Foden and Alvarez are are always captaincy candidates because because mm. they play for such a good attacking side. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a probably a boring captaincy choice for myself as usual. Um, just going back to Ivan Tony as well. So there was speculation that he'll be sold. It could be in this um, window. It could be in summer. <clears throat> and if so, it'd probably be a Premier League side. Uh, and it, and you look at Arsenal, you look at Manchester United. There's plenty of teams with money. Um, who uh, need an Ivan Tony? So I think he's. If you're, I've mentioned that because if you're wildcarding this week, you can of course now use your second wildcard from this week, and some people will. They'll just have had enough of their squad, and they'll want to change. And I think Ivan Tony should be in a wildcard for game week 21. You said the analytics lads um, said said so uh, for your wildcard um, time in game week 20. And so I think the best captains for me this week, I think. Are Ivan Tony? I would captain Ivan Tony if I owned him, definitely. Um, and I think if Haaland is fit, obviously he would be top a, a top choice. But yeah, it's it's between Sack and Palmer. It's just that security, security there. Yeah, I agree. And I agree on Tony. If I had him, I think I'd be going there as well. It's yeah. it's the it's the rare opportunity that you yeah. don't you don't often get. Yeah. So we're gonna um, hopefully influence people, and then people come back next week in the. Um, 
in the chat and say thank you so much for recommending Tony. I enjoyed his hat trick captaincy points for me. Um, that's hopeful. <laughs> or we'll have uh, 1,000 viewers less yeah. Yeah. when he blanks. We hate you. I can't believe you told us to get that bloke who's been out for six months. <laughs> um, okay, let's have a look at your bus team. So a lot of this we've sort of um, uh, spoken about, really. But do you want to read it out um, and read out your team and read out your sort of decisions, which we obviously have spoken about, but just sort of reiterating them around you. Salah move and who you're going to captain. Yeah, so goalkeepers, I guess I do have a decision because it's Raya, Chris, home to Crystal Palace, Ariola away to Sheffield United. But I bought Raya as my set-and-forget goalkeeper, so I think I'll just stick with him. And I've, we've seen people struggle with rotating goalkeepers, so I'm just going to stick with Raya. Whatever will be, will be. Poro, Estupin and Trent at the back. Saka probably will get the armbands over Palmer, I think. Mm. Bowen will stay and Garnacho can sub in for him if needed. Salah will go for probably Foden over Odegaards. And then up front, Alvarez, Watkins, Solanke, mm -hmm. Garnacho for sub. So the only thing that would change things if we got a, a definite leak that Haaland was going to start, mm. then I would consider a minus four to get him. But even then, I'd probably be happy enough to stick with Alvarez, Watkins, Solanke, and then get Haaland for free the week after because I, I don't take too many points yet. So that's where I'm at. You know, feels feels pretty pretty mm. solid going into the game week, having just wildcarded. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm obviously in, in agreement because a lot of similar players there. And yeah, Saka Palmer, definitely for me, for the captaincy. Um, yeah, it is it is tough choices around Haaland. I, I don't think we're going to really know concrete, um, especially with that deadline on a Friday. Any leaks that come in, potentially they'll be Saturday mornings too late then. I kind of like that as well because those... Um, for those that don't have Haaland, um, if you start getting those leaks in and you get these naughty, naughty lads and lasses who, you know, pretend they're in the know and they're not, and you get these leaks and do you believe them or not? Um, basically, yeah, that's tough, but it's all taken out of hand. Thanks to Luton and Burnley on Friday, that's taken out of our hands. So all of that will go on without any stress, um, which would be good. Um, just a reminder for everyone to do press that like button, um, and do subscribe to keep up to date with all our videos and podcasts. And have a look at fantasyfootballscout.co.uk for any members' um, uh, offers as well. Um, Mark, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add about the game week that's coming up and uh, January fixtures, etc.? No, it's uh, it's a January's a good opportunity to take stock. I think that we've got a lot of extra time than we usually would have. There's only two deadlines, so you know, use it wisely. Take some time, get in the scout members area, look at the stats have a good picture of the fixtures and all that. And obviously keep an eye on Ben Crellin as well for, for blank and double schedules. So uh, yeah, just uh, use January to your advantage. So you're well prepared for the next couple of months of the season. Great advice there. Um, good luck with the game week, Mark. Um, and uh, good luck all the, those listening and watching with your game week as well. Um, this split game week and the deadline is earlier on a Friday. Do remember that. Mark, see you soon. Bye-bye.